Hi everyone and welcome on this latest episode of Coaching in Focus. I'm Joseph, your host, and on today's episode we are talking leadership coaching with Joe Holiday. Joe has extensive experience working with leaders across a number of different organisations. And on today's episode, we're talking about ideas such as how great leaders cannot afford not to coach and the importance of building trust and accountability, self-directedness in our team members through activities such as coaching. Of course, we talk about well-being, uh, listening really well to our employees uh, and being curious about the people who we work with. We also talk a little bit around what can get in the way of leaders using a coaching style, perhaps work pressures or lack of our own confidence in coaching skills. So let's listen in to the episode and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Joe, on today's episode. It's really nice to see you. It's really nice to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. As a starting point, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so I am a freelance consultant. I have, I suppose, three strings to the work that I do, all really geared around trying to build organisations that are positive, that are empowering, that get the best for the organization but also the best for the people as well so I suppose those three elements are all linked to that and they are consulting so helping organizations with that whole cultural piece about how do we create the right environment then there's the bit around supporting leaders and managers to help their teams help themselves and develop and get the best out of people and then the final one and the most important one for this call is coaching <laughs> um, so I do find that those three, just link really nicely together. They sort of, I find that I'm weaving my coaching work into my leadership and management work. And then the cultural piece comes in that as well. And I guess coaching cuts through all of these things, yeah. right? Whether you're Absolutely. consulting, I guess, using a lot of those coaching skills anyways, if you're working in a leadership development program, then there's also the coaching element to it. Yeah. So what got you into coaching then? It goes back quite a long way, actually. So I've been consulting for about 18 years. And then before that, I actually had a proper job. Um, so I was really, really fortunate that I worked for Marks & Spencers um, in the UK for about 17 years doing um various roles, HR, general HR. Then I started to specialise a little bit in um, more that sort of L&D leadership and management piece. And there were various times during that 17 years where we would be offered coaching, training, whether that was to deliver coaching for others or to help us as leaders and managers to be coaches as well. So it started probably, I mean, that's probably, oh dear, that's really painful thinking about the time. So that's probably going back sort of 25 years, um, mm. an initial intro to coaching. And then as I've developed and gone freelance, I've just continued to hone that. I know I've got my qualification. I'm accredited with ICF, got my ACC, just recently renewed that. Uh, thank you to Joseph for helping me with that. Um, <laughs> well so, done, well done. Yeah. So, you know, keeping that CPD and those skills, you know, topped mm. up and maintained, um, that's important. Mm. So yeah, it goes back quite a long way, my coaching story. Mm. And by the way, I also used to work at MS. Oh, years did ago you? i did yeah. in malta though. i was on the shop floor oh yeah <laughs> it was my one of our franchise yeah, yeah amazing yeah, Who yeah, knew? yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i spent i think three years working at MS. yeah 
Yeah. I was in the but, wine section. I don't know oh, anything about wine. Oh, very good. <laughs> So That's the had best this, uh, section. <laughs> we had this banner where, so there was like the front kind of end of the shop, right? With all the wines there. And then behind it, we stored all the extra wine. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes customers would come in and ask for a particular type of wine. I had no idea. I was on 19. <laughs> so I'd go behind. I'd say, just wait a minute, sir. You know, I'd go behind <laughs> and look at the store and I'd read the labels at the back. Because <laughs> I'm like, what the perfect wine for you. <laughs> Come Excellent. out with this wine. I like it was a personalized record. They used sommelier. Yes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, well, there is another connection that we didn't know. There's we another got. connection there. Amazing. MS. Let's move on to today's topic, which is about leadership. Mm. But tell us a bit more. I mean, what are the links between leadership skills and coaching skills, do you think? I mean, it's a really good question because I think you go back to a certain extent, around what, what's the role of a leader. Um, right. And I think if you, if you get back to that point, then that helps with making that connection. So for me, a leader has primarily got two roles. One is around steering the ship. So if we take that whole, you know, ship analogy as David Marquet and uh, submarines, et cetera. But, you know, mm-hmm. they're there to steer the ship, set some direction, Probably the one doing the horizon scanning looks what's coming forward. But then the other piece is around your role as a leader is to really develop and get the best out of your people, not in a sense of Ooh, what can we get out of these people for the organization, but to really grow and develop the talent and the potential that you've got in the organization. Because if you've got that, if you've got clear direction and then you've got amazing people and you have helped to grow, develop and support those people, what could possibly go wrong? You've just nailed everything then. I just think leaders just, they just exhaust themselves sometimes. I think trying to do too much, trying to do everything rather than actually releasing the potential of the people within the organisation. I mean, Liz Wiseman talks a lot about this in her book, Multipliers. And there's a lovely like three minute video that she does as well around the fact that, you know, we work with some leaders who just seem to magnify the potential mm. of people because of the way that they work with those people and develop and grow them. They almost like double their brain size, I think is the way that she describes it. And then you've got other managers and leaders who sort of, I don't know, just seem to to squash that potential. And I think coaching really plays into that space of unlocking the ideas, the curiosity, the confidence building, all of that. I, I just think there's, mm-hmm. there's such a close connection between the two. What was interesting to me as you were exploring this is the fact that it sounds simple, right? Mm. But actually it can be very difficult, like on paper, yeah. building trust. You know, like you, you can go on a training workshop and you mm. talk about trust and building trust, but actually that is very different to doing it in yeah. person with your team to really allow your team to trust you and you to trust them. Yeah. It's not as easy as just talking about, yes, you know, trust your people. And yeah. perhaps that's where coaching skills become really useful because they kind of are a conduit to doing some of the things that perhaps are slightly trickier. So what do you think could be some of the skills that we see in coaching that would also support leaders in organisations nowadays? I think curiosity is a big one. And is, is that mm. a skill or an attribute? Mm, we could have a debate well, on that one, skill, we? but it's a skill. Yeah. Behavior, um, we don't mind. Yeah, let's put it on the basket. So I think curiosity is a big one around 
being curious around what other people are thinking, what ideas might be out there. A belief system that you haven't got all the ideas, I think, is a is another one mm-hmm. as well from a leader's point of view. Active listening. I mean, how often do we talk about active listening in, in yeah. all aspects of leadership about really listen to people? And again, you, you know, the pace of work is so high that we think we're listening, but actually we're either listening to respond or we're just listening to move on to the next thing. And I think um, you're spot on with that, right? And what you mentioned earlier around curiosity, because how coaching can support leaders is that it teaches leaders, it trains leaders to be curious without judging as well. Yeah. And so if I so yeah, enter yeah. that dynamic, we're mm. curious, but also we've got our own opinion that we might even think it's better. Yeah. And I think leaders who coach listen more and they don't mm. have that agenda, that judgment on what the individual is going to say. Yeah, absolutely. That ability to sort of let go of what your own thoughts and ideas might be. And I think there's a difference here between if there's a right and a wrong way of doing something and, you know, there's governance or legislation or regulation, then, you know, again, coaching doesn't play into every scenario in every situation. It's a tool in your toolkit, in your kit bag to be able to use. But I do think there's more opportunities for leaders to, as you said, disassociate from their own ideas and open up all the thoughts, diversity and ideas of other people. And I I think, you know, just it's massively intertwined with sort of the whole cultural piece anyway. But, you know, you mentioned that word trust of Mm -hmm. trust is just so implicit. And I think if you're going to trust people, then having that real genuine interest in them as human beings, as individuals that have got a really valuable contribution to make. Again, going back to your original question around skill, is that is that a skill or just a, there's definitely the skills around listening and, um, you know, reserving judgment and stuff. But I think it's just a, a whole, it's a belief system. I think it's mm. it goes deeper than skills. I think it's a belief system yeah. that you need to hold that yeah. really then enables you to be a really effective leader and also to take some pressure off yourself as well. You so know, could I, the yeah. skill there be self-awareness, right? Yes, could the skill be oh, that massively, yeah, yeah. Through a process of self-awareness, which yeah. is, for me, it's what coaching is about. Yeah. We pause, we stop, we think, we explore and we reflect on what's happening. Yeah, totally. That we can understand how trust impacts us. Yes, for example, you know, using trust as an example there. Yeah, yeah, mm. self-awareness. And I do think the best coaches are coached, you know, to raise that level of self-awareness. Coaching, again, plays massively into that space of um, helping you to reflect and stop and think about those times when you're stepping in too much and you need to just step out again and just allow the team and trust the team and what's getting in the way of that trust and being prepared to be vulnerable, I think that's the other one as well. So I think as a leader who's a really good coach, they've not just got that sense of self-awareness, but they're prepared to be vulnerable. They're prepared to say, yeah. I don't know, or yeah. they're prepared to, to have coaching and to to expose themselves a little bit in terms of their vulnerabilities and the things that that they struggle with. Um, yeah. So, you know, I get lots of leaders who really struggle on that piece of letting go on the ideas and not feeling that they need to move into solution mode. And it's not the fact that they don't trust their team. I think sometimes they don't trust themselves <laughs> to be able to Completely. let go. So, Completely. yeah, it's I think it just it goes a little bit deeper. Um, mm. 
And yeah. a lot of roles require problem solving, getting to solutions, like you said. So there's a bit of a mindset shift yeah. as well, yeah. moving to a more senior role where actually you are listening more. Mm. You are, you know, your role isn't to constantly provide solutions because as you said earlier, like the multipliers example, if you're mm. doing that, what, you, what you're essentially creating, employees, people who, you know, you're numbing down. Because you're constantly telling them what to do. You're constantly providing solutions. You're not allowing them to come up with their own ideas. Yeah. There's also an element here of, around mentoring, right? A lot of leaders yeah. mentor as well. Mm. Coaching skills or behaviors, whichever way, attributes, mm. they link in. Like great mentors are also great coaches. Mm. They might not coach, but they know how to coach and mm. use that in their mentoring sessions. Yeah. And, and I think being able to segue between those two between mentoring mm. and coaching um is is a real skill mm-hmm. so the other way i sometimes look about this as well is uh, that leaders and managers are again doing two things they are building competence in people mm-hmm. and confidence in people and you've got to have the two together because <laughs> clearly confidence without competence is scary because <laughs> people are going to be rushing off and doing things that they're not really skilled to do but if you develop competence in people but no confidence or low confidence then they're the ones that are going to be coming run to you all the time going I know you've been through this four times but could you just explain it again or I'm just not sure or could you make this decision mm. for me and so I think if you think about those two pockets as well which is a little bit like situational leadership but in a slightly different concept but if you're building competence I think that mentoring really plays into that space so you know here's some experience you can learn from some of the things that I've done here's what I might do in your scenario and sort of doing that whereas if it's confidence that's when you can sort of do that segue into the like okay so you and I both know that you know this stuff now what's going on here that's meaning that you don't feel that you can then take that ownership piece so yeah there's definitely a a lovely continuum there but I think sometimes leaders can can sort of convince themselves that maybe it's no not the right moment to do some coaching so I still need to do some mentoring and it's that moment and and recognizing that that time when you can start shifting to say we've been through this let's Mm. move more into a coaching space now because it's easier, right, to yeah. in a way do mentoring yeah. and just tell somebody what to do or yeah. just give them the solution. It, um, yeah. And from a short-term point of view, it can seem like an easy fix, mm. but then it starts causing issues longer term. Yeah. Your team relying so much on you that, you know, they suck up so much of your time, etc. Yeah. And, and I think as well, I was reflecting on this the other day when I was talking to um, a leader and, and it's the biggest issue, I would say, from all the coaching that I do with leaders, whenever we do coaching practice or they're they're having a reflection on some of their conversations they're having with their team, it's this urgency to give the solution, to give the answer and to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And I think it does stem from, I don't know, probably hundreds of years if we go back to, you know, where leadership and management have come from, that the role of a leader and manager was there to solve problems. Yeah, And I think it's, it's really easy in some ways for people to see value in that as well. So if someone's come to you with a bit of a challenge and you give what you believe is going to be the right answer and the right solution to that, 
I suppose it, it, it leaves it to see whether that was actually the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you feel like you've added value. They came to yes. me with a problem and I have been able to help them to solve that problem. And I think it's easy to see some value that you've added. And I think it's, it's then recognising the fact that asking questions, getting people to do their own thinking, getting them to find those solutions for themselves is actually adding more value. Um, yeah. And as you've just pointed out, there's a time frame thing here, isn't there? Because maybe that's not going to happen in the same time frame of that 10 minute conversation that you could have had in the sort of old world of giving solutions. Mm. Um, it's helping leaders and managers to recognize that they can add value in a different way. Yeah. And it's the same with coaches, to be fair, right? I think yeah. when we work, yeah, when we work with new coaches, there is this yeah. urge of giving answers yeah. Because we are, we want to be helpful. Mm. And at times, yeah, when people sometimes ask me, like on the training program, um, so why don't we give the answer? I mean, there's many reasons for that. But one of the things that, you know, stays with me is the idea that actually by giving the answer, we are dehumanizing the other person. We're yeah. actually saying, look, I've got the answers. You listen to what I'm telling you because I know better. And a lot of the times they are the ones who know the most about their life, the best, you know, what yes. could be the better thing to do in that situation. Yes. And plus, if we keep on entering and kind of going into this dynamic where we give the answer, you know, the individual listens, does whatever we say, it's actually quite harmful as well yeah. because we're limiting their development. Mm. Um, of course, it could be not, you know, it could be the wrong advice as well. Mm. And it's the same in leaders, right? If leaders are constantly giving answers and constantly problem solving, Mm. they're going to encounter the same challenges that coaches encounter Mm. if they're being very directive in their approach. Yep, yep. And I I just see so many leaders that will have that, again, a couple of weeks ago, I was having the same conversation Mm. and, and this person was saying, oh, God, I'm just exhausted. I'm having to I'm having to think for myself and my own work that I'm doing. And I'm having to do all the thinking for the team as well. And it's mm. just exhausting and I'm burnt out. And, um, yeah. and, and again, that sort of stepping back and going, mm, okay, let's just have a look at where some of that root cause might be to get you out of this vicious cycle that you're currently stuck in. And I'm not saying that coaching was the only thing that wasn't happening in that team. There was other things that were were at play Mm. as well, Mm. but it was definitely, you could see this sort of um, dependency. I think that's the word. The team are very dependent on being faced with a problem, not quite sure, go to the leader, get the answer, move on. So there's a question there from leaders, isn't it? What am I doing to perhaps fuel this yeah. type of culture within yeah. my own team? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like leaders look at culture as a very big, broad thing, but actually culture can also be split down into immediate teams, right? Yeah. And as a leader, I'm thinking, what am I doing to, what culture do I want to create within my team? Yeah. Did you know that at Become, we offer a number of different coach training programs to people just like you? If you're new to coaching, there is a level one diploma in integrative coaching. If you've been coaching for a while, or perhaps you're already an ACC coach, then we have the advanced diploma in integrative coaching, which leads all the way to the PCC credential by the ICF. We also have a number of CPD programs and certificates, including mentoring and supervision. To find out more, go to tobecome.org or just check the show notes. The other question that comes to mind is around, and you alluded a little bit to it earlier, 
benefits of coaching mm. for maybe the leader, the organization, the individual. One of the things that you mentioned is around burnout, right? Yeah. I think if, if we're constantly providing advice, if we're constantly feeling that pressure, we feel dependent mm. that our employees are dependent on us, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to burnout. So mm. coaching helps with that. What are some of the other benefits that support leaders in terms of coaching? Well, it's twofold, isn't there? I think there's a huge benefit from the from a leadership point of view in terms of mm-hmm. just sharing some of that creativity, decision making, problem solving. It becomes more of that distributed leadership piece where people are really taking full ownership and accountability. Definitely, if done in the right way, there is a, a an opportunity for the leader to then be able to do the job that they're really supposed to be there to do, which is, you know, steer the ship, get the direction, and then invest the time in developing and supporting people rather than the problem solving piece, helping people to solve those problems. But I think then you've got um, a massive benefit for the organisation in that people are going to be more creative, they're going to be more autonomous, they're going to be um, thinking things through themselves so that the speed mm-hmm. and efficiency the way that which I mean let's face it everything seems to have sped up about 150 miles an hour in the last 20 years if, if you're in an organization where you need pace and efficiency and stuff getting done quickly then it's all going to speed that up because again if you've got people coming to you all the time to solve problems you're only one person so you're going to mm. end up potentially maybe not all the time but certainly some of the time being a, a blocker and a bottleneck to that because you can't get to it all. And then as you've already alluded to, you make a suggestion and actually it's not the right one because you didn't have a full understanding, maybe because you didn't listen, but you didn't have a full understanding of what the scenario was. So actually the solution wasn't quite right and mm-hmm. and then it didn't work. So I think there's a whole pace and efficiency there. And then ultimately, and the thing I suppose I'm most interested in is you're actually going to grow and develop those people as well. Which yeah. means if you're thinking of succession planning or, you know, who are your next team leaders and middle managers or, you know, where else in the organization could you use these talents and, and unlocking people's talents as well. So making sure they're in the best place for the work that they're doing as well. So mm. I think all of that is also going to be a, a massive help to individual growth and development as well. So yeah. I, think there's a, I think there's a win-win-win. <laughs> And and as you were saying that, I I was reflecting on my own experience um, when I was managing bigger teams. And when I was using much more of a coaching approach, it freed up a lot of my time, which is the kind of what's in it for me, quite selfishly, Mm. that helped me because um, I remember a funny story when I I was the head of N&D for this organization and the uh, one of the directors, uh, you know, called me into a meeting. And she said to me, she said, oh, she said, she said, I've noticed and the sales team have noticed that your team always leaves on time. And I said, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. She said, but, you know, the sales team, they're always staying a bit later. So the feeling that you're not as engaged, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like the fact that the team is meeting their objectives, they're actually happier, they've got better work-life balance, should be seen as something to celebrate rather than numb down. <laughs> but it's, it's fascinating, right? Like yeah. how culturally that was seen as, in a way, oh, not being engaged, but actually it was the opposite. Mm. And that's the discussion that we had around we met our goals um, 
And they, mm. and I remember saying to her, "So, are you happy with what we're doing?" She's like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes. Like, it's all great." Yep. Um. So it's interesting, right? Like, once yes. you start trusting people, once you start mm. coaching more, instead of telling people what to do, yeah, then things get simpler, and yep. everything becomes more efficient, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and I share the same story. You know, similar story when I was in MS, the best team that I had there. We were managed by this amazing, amazing woman. And yeah, we used to get together once a week. We'd talk about what we got on our plate and then we were left to get on with it. And if we ever yeah. had any challenges, she would absolutely coach us all the way through it. And we were yeah. always seen as like, oh, that team over there, they get so much done, but they always look like they're having so much fun at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. And, and everybody yeah. was like, oh, I want to be part of that team. And so it was seen as somewhere that people wanted to go. So we're saying there's benefits from an engagement point of view, product activity yeah. point of view right better relationships as well with mm. team members i think that was the best mm. team that i worked in yeah because you know, we really trusted each other yeah you know? what can however stop people because i think a lot of the times people know mm. these are all buzzwords that i use right yeah. oh coaching helps engagement productivity, yeah. etc mm. but for some reason it doesn't sink in like there's some actual practical stumbling blocks mm. i think the one that we mentioned earlier thinking about this from a short-term point of view yeah. i'd rather quickly have this conversation rather yeah. than invest yeah. What could be some of the blocks that stop leaders from adopting more of a coaching style, you think? I, th- I think time's definitely one, although ooh, I'm going to be really challenging now. I think sometimes mm. we use that as a bit of an excuse because mm-hmm. as you and I know, you can have a great coaching conversation in 10 minutes, you know, switching from tell to ask and just mm-hmm. asking a few questions and some prompts and curiosity. Um, that doesn't need to happen in a big hour and a half coaching session um so it's looking for what i describe as coaching moments i absolutely agree with you though that i think there is a belief that ah we've not got much time and you know deadlines approaching i'll I'll just tell them because that's what's needed at this moment in time and i'm not saying sometimes that will absolutely be the case it's just really questioning yourself as whether it's Mm -hmm. always the case um i think the other bit we talked about earlier is this unlearning piece the belief system that adding value means giving the answer or giving my suggestions or giving my ideas and changing that belief system, unlearning years of potentially what you've been told is good leadership and management. I think the other difficulty is that may have got you success, um, Mm. but it's how we measure success. So is success just delivering the results or is success about that win-win-win well, yes, the organization's benefiting, but actually, am I really growing as a leader? And am I growing my team as as human beings and people and maxing their potential and making sure that they feel good about their work and they're enjoying their work as well as being productive? So I think mm. it, measuring our success could be part of it as well. And interestingly with that, measuring, when it comes to measurement, yeah. sometimes leaders might not know what they're really measuring because there is still such... Mm. Uh, confusion around what is coaching and what is mentoring for example so yeah. mm. some leaders might be thinking that oh yeah I'm a great coach mm. but actually what they're doing a lot is mentoring mm. rather mm. so they're not measuring the right thing mm. essentially either yeah definitely I think I think how we measure our success and you, you know you took this right back to the culture piece so some some organizations are very fixed on KPIs and results and and again just questioning does that really give us that balanced scorecard of how we are or triple bottom line or whatever, you know, are, are we measuring the right things? Because if all we're doing is just measuring results and output and outcome, it's going to be really hard 
to yeah. drive a coaching culture through the organization you need to have different metrics of success on that as well yeah there yeah. could also be an expectation i'm just guessing a few things here but there could be an expectation from the organization that a coaching is easy and that yeah. some leaders and managers already know how to coach yeah. as well so yeah. they kind of go oh coach your team it's part of the job description mm. But then they're not provided the right tools to be able to have those conversations. Yep, spot on. And then that point that we said earlier around that ability to reflect and really question, am I coaching or is it advice and guidance disguised as, you know, pretend coaching or, yeah. um, you know, I know a lot of leaders out there who really, really want to be good coaches. So they really, really do want to do it. And it takes quite a lot of honing of that skill, again, because you're trying to unlearn. I think if, you, if you'd come into leadership and management knowing that coaching was the thing you needed to do, it'd be so much easier. I think that's what happens as well when people go on training courses. They go on a training course about coaching skills mm. and they go back into their organisation yep. and they start using coaching skills and the employee goes, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, you, you, you've all got <laughs> like, weird you now. Yeah, yeah, you've all got weird. This is like, what's going on here? So I always say to people, you know, you need to let people know because otherwise, because the one thing you're going to do to break trust is people suddenly not knowing what they're going to get when they come to you. So yeah. I think you need to be really open with your team to say, you know, hey, I've, you know, I've been doing some reflecting and I've been thinking about, you know, the way that I lead and manage you. And, you know, I've, I've recognized that maybe sometimes I feed too many answers, whatever your words and language are that, you know, feels appropriate for you. But let them know that this might be something that you do. Yeah, <laughs> and then completely. at least they can sort of go, oh, right. Oh, I see. I see what you're doing now. Um, but That's equally, why you're asking me all these questions. Yeah. But equally, I think, you know, again, it comes back to um, there needs to be a right moment because if it is literally where do I find the file for something or where do I find whatever, don't go into coaching mode with like, oh, let me ask you a few curious yeah. questions to see whether yeah. you, you know, can do this. Yeah. So I think it's catching those coaching moments where, yeah. you know, people have got the competence, maybe there's some confidence going on or yeah you know that there's maybe something underneath that or that people have got some good ideas and it, and then it's catching yourself, isn't it, mm. um, in that moment. Like but, yeah, you need to let your people know that that's what you're going to do. I like to think of it as um, are they asking about knowledge yes. or are they asking about a skill or behaviour? And if, yes. it's, if they're asking about knowledge, like where is the file, there's one answer. Yes. The file yep. is in a particular place. Yes. Um, so... I think then you could do more mentoring. But if they're asking about a skill they want to develop or a behavior they want to change or an yeah. attitude, et cetera, then maybe coaching is much more appropriate. Yeah. As we're getting quite close towards the end of our podcast, are there any tips that you might want to um, suggest or provide to leaders who are thinking about using a more coaching style mm. in their way of managing? Yeah. So I think the first one is uh, what we just said a moment ago, is that if you genuinely want to do this, then let your team know that you'd like to move into more of a coaching style. And mm -hmm. alongside that, either sign up to some training around, around mm -hmm. coaching. And so you, you then fully understand what is coaching? What does it look like? Because as you yeah. said, you might have a real good intention of wanting to do it and do the right thing, but it's so easy to be either disguising it as something else or he's slipping into the, the old habits and then getting coaching yourself. And and, and actually having coaching yourself could be the, the sort of training in itself in terms of just having True. that opportunity to reflect. It might not be a training course you need to go on. And I do think there's a, there's a lack of training programs for 
leaders as coaches you know there's often you know lots of of coaching programs not yours Joseph but I think lots of coaching (laughs) programs are offered as like oh you're going to go and become a coach a bit like you know a bit like you and me you know you're going to become an external coach and we talk about clients and and contracts and chemistry and all of that and a lot of that doesn't land with leaders so it's finding the right program for for leadership that you can do that and we do have a coaching skills for leaders program as well so a little plug-in excellent yeah go for it that's what I said Um, doesn't include you Um, but yeah I um, I don't think there's enough of those around not that we want them because we want them all to come to you Joseph um mm. but yeah I I think then then it needs to be tailored because otherwise there's too much of that it doesn't feel relevant stuff in there you're right otherwise it becomes more about contracting for coaching and whole hour and a half coaching session right now sometimes it's just about how do I and it could be just as quick as a day course right literally just Mm. basics of coaching yeah learn just some structure yeah and then if you find yourself that that is useful you could go on a more intensive course Mm. in coaching yeah but at times all it takes is about a day just to get you going yeah absolutely just with the key principles amazing thank you so much joe it's no, thank you for the wonderful. opportunity to talk about no, my you. my little passion of uh, leaders as coaches. So, yes, thank, thank you for 20 minutes of indulging. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being here, for sparing 20 minutes of your time, because I know you've got a very busy schedule. No, so. likewise. No, that's so perfect. We, thank uh, you so much. And see you soon. See you soon. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Joe Holiday talking about leadership coaching. I found it particularly helpful reflecting back on the way that we work with leaders within organizations, not just in the coaching session, but how we can promote healthier habits when they're outside of the coaching session working with their team members. If you did enjoy this episode, it'll be great if you could leave a review and also tell your friends and colleagues about it. All of the word of mouth referrals are very much so welcome. Until I see you next time, I hope you stay well and take care of yourselves.